Triple M's Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Thanks to Makita XGT, the professional choice for cordless convenience, unmatched performance and power without limits. Gus Warland, Jude Bolton and Wendell Saylor. This is the Triple M Rush Hour. It's the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Massive show ahead. We'll be joined by Aaron Woods and also it's a chance to get involved with hotel horror stories. We love when our callers get involved with our show and we'll be also speaking to Daniel Dixon, CEO of the North Sydney Bears. But how are you doing, Del? What's going on, man? Oh, mate, feeling great. Look, after my team won the Super Bowl yesterday. Uh, your team. What do you mean? You've well, never been you're, interested you're in Kansas City. You've never mentioned Kansas City. Yeah. Well, in five years, we've worked together. Yeah, well, mate, you know what? I'm on board. Me and Kelsey, <laughs> when he comes out here, I want to meet him. Me and Kelsey. Yeah, and then Swifty. I was watching all the, the the Post Malone stuff, the Post stuff. I just wish I was in Vegas now. I tell you what, uh, yeah. there's some more tickets for so, the Swift Swifty going yes. off like four minutes ago, so they might probably all be done and dusted. Yeah, some of them are restricted viewing, but. People are up and about for the Swifter. She'll be here in a couple of weeks, won't she? But what about the Super Bowl? The viewing stats, boys, from the game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers brought in an average of 123.4 million viewers, the highest number of people watching the same broadcast in the history of television. What? Let me say that again. The highest number of Mm. people watching the same broadcast Mm. in the history of television. Channel 7 had 2.7 million Aussies watching the Super Bowl yesterday. That is up 43% from last year, and they're calling it the Taylor Swift factor. Big part of that, so many people just wanting to watch her, how many times that would go to her, a lot of betting around her as well. So many more female new viewers to the NFL. So the Swifty, they reckon that Biden might win the the American election purely because she's endorsed Biden. She's giving him the nod. She's giving him the nod. She doesn't want Trumpy, so she's saying we'll go with with Biden. And that could be enough to tip it over. That's how influential she is is at the moment in terms of her, not just pulp culture, but just new culture over there Mm. in the States. So hugely, hugely impressive. She's part into the night, front page, back page of every yeah. single newspaper, her snogging Kelsey, having beers, having a laugh. They're giving in to her because she um, did that skull on the big screen and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. she can't win either way. I know, I know. Either I she's this. a princess that's not yeah. having fun or she's having fun like every other normal person. I agree. And they're giving it to her. And, mate, she, she's worked pretty hard to be where she is now. Look, mate, mate. imagine how hard she works. Bloody oath. We've got so much footy to talk. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely right about that, Jude. The big NRL story at the moment is obviously around the Broncos. We'll talk about that in a moment with a Bronco legend, Wendell Saylor. But let's talk about the NRL pre-season challenge. Now, it started last year, and a lot of people still don't quite know what it is all about. So let us explain. The pre-season challenge, it kicks off on the 15th of February. So it's coming up in a couple of days' time. There's 16 matches over two weekends. Manly are the defending champions. There's $100,000 in prize money. Points are for, obviously, winning and losing, but also bonus points also for tries, line breaks and offloads. So it's ah. all about being entertaining, all about getting, yeah. the, getting the flow of the game so forth. Squads are capped to 28 players each weekend. So it's a bit like the NRL. You've got to lock your 28 in and away you go. So that is the pre-season challenge. 100 grand, that used to be what you'd get for the minor premiership. 100%. It's obviously more than that now, but it just goes to show they're trying to make these trial games a bit more fair income, and I think the NRL have done a good job. What are your thoughts, Del? Yeah, they certainly have. You, mate, you've got to change it up. You know, it's a bit like a T20 sort of 
um, you know, make it exciting because that's what the fans need because, you know, it's an entertainment, uh, you know, product. Absolutely right. Bradman Best re-signs with the Knights on a long-term extension. That's brilliant. That's got to be some of the greatest news to come out of the Hunter for a long time for the footy fans who are now seeing their team back in the top eight and back playing finals footy. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, especially when you've got Carlin Ponger at the back there, you got him locked in, you've got young players like Bradman Best here and after his origin debut, which I know you loved last oh, year. Oh, mate, and, unbelievable. Uh, you know, well done to him. And it's good that because I know... Some young players can get excited and think they're going to go to other clubs, but, you know, he wants to get back to Newcastle. But also great for the coach who, you know, is under pressure, yeah, yeah. got those Adam big O'Brien. wins in a row. Adam O'Brien, he deserves to have yeah. a few of these young blokes backing the coach and going, yep, I can see a future here. For sure. We've all seen the video, the brawling Broncos, Pat Carrigan and Adam Reynolds, well, they've fronted the media and will still be travelling to Las Vegas, Dell. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Look, look. Of give, course you are. No, but, no, give them a fine. Give them a fine. Look, on a scale of one to ten, look, I know it didn't look great, but look, Adam Reynolds, it reminds me of Alan Langer. He tried to do the right thing, say, mate, you've got to go home, you're done. Yep. And then Patrick Carrigan, who's who's a clean skin, never been in trouble. He has one little mishap. I would have hated to see him miss Vegas. But the boys are on notice now, and that puts pressure on them in Vegas as well. So they're going to be in their best behaviour. But, mate, look, as an ex-Bronco, um, look, I came through with Langer and, you know, Walters and all these guys, Gordon Tallis. We had a little bit of that, that sort of stuff. So does this stuff happen, but yeah. normally people aren't photographing it, people that's, aren't that's great. videoing, videoing it. it. Did it happen at the Swannies as well sometimes when everything gets a bit feisty? Callum Callum Mills on Mad Monday, absolutely. So he popped his shoulder or had an injury to his shoulder. So these sort of things can happen, but... You just, like, especially after they've fought for their immigration I know, to I know. get into the NRL. I just think the Broncos should fought for the round one. Oh, oh, we shouldn't on. overreact. And we, you know, we can't overreact on these young blokes. So young blokes, but I'll give you one. When I played um, with the Bronx, Gordon Tallis had his uh, sore neck and Chris Walker was into him. And so Chris Walker started calling him sausage neck and Gordon told him not to call him. And then he just went whack and smacked him in the head. Yeah. So, it yeah, it happens. Luciano Leilua requested an immediate release from Cowboys contract deal. Yeah, I'm surprised. Look, look, I thought, um, you know, young um, Lua up there in North He's Queensland. He's playing good. He's playing good football, mate. Beautiful for him to be away from Sydney because, you know, a lot of his family's down here and obviously Sydney's a, a very, um, you know, it's a, it can it can hamper your football a little bit. So, I don't know, he might have something on the gun. I'm not sure. Apparently the Dragons are, are thinking about him? Well, no doubt they would be, but um, you know, he's a good player and you know, he might be a better player going back there. So, Flanagan might have been on the phone. What about... Uh, your horror stories in terms of, you know, hotel horror stories, Airbnb horror stories. Off the back of this, a couple from Melbourne, so you can't get too upset because they're from Melbourne, looking at having a romantic weekend in Brisbane. Mm. Well, that's your first. There you go. <laughs> got more than they. Way. Pardon? It's come a long way. Sorry, mate. Brisbane's okay. come a long way. Yeah, sure. Got more than they bargained <laughs> for when in the middle of the night they discovered their hotel room had an. Oh, infestation of cockroaches and bed bugs. Ooh. And at one point, they looked down at the chocolate bar they just opened up. They left on the coffee table, and there was two, two cockroaches having a little nibble on it. Having a little nibble on it. They ended up spending the rest of the night sleeping in the hotel lobby because the hotel was absolutely chock a block. So they're the type of horror stories we want to hear. I, I haven't, yeah, got, you've had one, I haven't sure. got that sort of horror story, but I've got like a ghost horror story. You don't want that one? Sure. So I won't dot me mate in, but Marty Downs from down Monday Noon Hotel. <laughs> So, so he says, to, mate, he says to me, he said, mate, come and stay at my hotel. And I said, yeah, no problems. It's, and so we're down by having a beer. Yeah. And obviously, I'm staying at this place this time, and it's a nice, you know, old hotel, the Bundanoon. So, so it's one of these, ho- sort of these pubs underneath, hotels on top with rooms, and yep. beautiful, yeah, beautiful big hotel, big yeah. veranda around the outside. Yeah, beautiful. Oh yeah. And then in the next in the next ten minutes, he starts to tell me which room's haunted. Oh, and at this stage, like the, the tap turns, you freak on. out at that stuff. Oh, I too. freak out. So, yeah. Um, you know, and then look, the door, the door just ah. Uh, uh, exactly. 
So, mate, he's not getting me to stay there. But anyway, anyone who stays there, good luck with the ghosts. Yeah, exactly right. What about you, big man? Mate, I've had the bed bugs before, like in just yeah. the, like the last minute booking and you grab an Airbnb oh, or something. Like that. It's like this is – and, and, and I've slept on top of the dinner. Like oh. It's been in there and she's just like – Scratching away, yeah, yeah. But I remember being in uh, in Germany and I was just travelling around with a mate of mine, uh, Craig Bolton, who I played with. He was a legend, and we we got some cheap hotel in Germany. Yeah, um, by, by and, the hour, or was and, it a proper? And, and let's just say we came home a bit <laughs> bit drunk or whatever. What? Oh, anyway, you res- wrestling a little bit like the the Broncos, oh, yeah. uh, oh. and he fell back and hit his head, and <laughs> there was this like like hole in his head, and we're laughing away. What do you mean there was a hole like, in his just head? Like it, like just a little. It chipped, chipped away his head. Like a little bit had just opened up and it okay. probably it probably needed a stitch. He's going, is this all right? And you're and like, I'm mate, like, sweet. It's absolutely fine. Let's put your head down on the pillow, mate. And <laughs> let's just say it looked like a horror story when we woke oh. up because there was a pool of blood on the pillow. Like, Oh, what a good friend like, you are, I, brother. I should have just taken him to the – Oh, you do, you, do you think, oh, mate? Well, do you think? And a bit of concussion as well? Yeah, it was pretty Captain obvious. obvious yeah. Maybe you were concussed a little bit. I got a mate of mine called Alfie. He's only left – him and his – I had lunch with him – over the weekend, his wife and he only left on Monday back to um, England. But they went up to and got an Airbnb up in Cairns, right? Yeah. And Cairns can be a little bit hit and miss, can't it, with the weather and stuff. Yes, so they right, decided yeah. to get a place, just one back from the beach, and so they could just walk there. But they didn't want the winds and all that sort of jazz. Anyway, beautiful from the outside, looked Amazing. great on the brochure, walked in, did all that stuff. He is having a shower. And out of the, out of the shower ceiling comes this... Python's head. Oh, oh no! And we're, talk, and we're talking about a pommy who's lived in. He's a, he's a uh, market gardener. He's lived in London all his life. He hasn't seen a, a fly, let alone a bloody snake. Yeah, okay. Oh my oh, god. god! He rang me and said, "This bloody contract. Everybody <laughs> snakes in the shower." Blah blah blah. So they're the type of stories. I mean, that of course they can't hurt you, but yeah. they look terrifying. They do. They're big yeah. and whatever. Big they're huge. Sleeping yeah, in the room. Huge python like yeah. yourself, Wendell. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Give us a call now. Hotel <laughs> horror stories on one triple three. Let's speak to Rob. G'day, Rob. How are you, mate? Yeah, well, how are you going? Good. Very, very good, mate. So my mate had a python in the shower. You had a python in the shower, did you? Oh, yeah, I put it there. But um, Oh. Yeah, I I had had a big group of fighters come over from Europe. Big, tough, hard men. Never seen anything like them. We're staying in a carrying park at the mid-north coast. And uh, I caught a python earlier in the day and uh, waited till all in the shower block and then threw it under the doors with them. Oh, um, man. Yeah. What was their reaction? <laughs> oh, I've never seen a bunch of such big, hard men trying to get both feet off the ground at the same time and screaming like little girls. Well, I've got to say, I'd probably be exactly the same. <laughs> I'm out of there. I'm out. I, I would have wrestled it. Of <laughs> course Please. you would have, mate. <laughs> Let's go to Steve in Mortlake. How are you, Steve? G'day, mate. How are you? Really well, mate. Give us your hotel horror story. Uh, Gold Coast a couple of years ago. Um... Checked in a hotel uh, that saw me nameless. We're downstairs, had a few beers, and decided to go upstairs with the wife. Yeah. I, I needed to go to the toilet, so I opened up the lid of the toilet, and someone had snapped off a dirty brown detective sergeant in the toilet oh. and hadn't even used toilet paper. Oh, no. So, okay, fair enough. Okay, yeah, I'll excuse that. But, yeah, so we flashed the toilet, went back downstairs, and didn't say anything to the staff, had dinner, came back up to the hotel, uh, and as you do when the beds are really, really well, you know, made, you don't look in the beds. So uh, we didn't do any business. We were tired. We went to bed. I woke up in the morning and there was like something stuck between the toes. And we pulled up the sheets and it was a used condom. Oh, that oh, around two of my toes. oh no. no. 
Between the Between toes. Between your toes. Come on. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, mate, that's... that's money tough. back. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Let's go to Keith there. Keith from North Richmond. How you going, mate? Hey, boys, how are we? Really mate, well, Keith. Come hey, on, Keith. mate. What's your hotel horror story? Mate, about, I think it was about 2006. I was in um, West Hollywood on Sunset, staying at this hotel that we usually go to. Yeah. Uh, we've rocked up to the hotel, gone up to the first floor. The fellow's given us a, a, a slap key. I've opened the door and went to walk in, and they were making a movie in there. What, <laughs> what, 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 my mate, what sort of movie? What type they, of movie? They, I think we know what They were making movie. a movie. Yeah. And oh, it was, yeah. There was people without clothes and about 10 people all milling around. <laughs> they were making a porno. Oh. I said to him, mate, I said, I think we've got the wrong room. And I opened the door again, and this big fella came over and said, what are you doing? I said, get out of here. You're in my room, mate. Oh. We all started well, laughing. I don't even know what you mean by porno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Explain how, that to me. How disgusting, know. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Gus, he's got it on order already. <laughs> Time now to talk some footy, though. On this show, we get afternoon wood. And here it is now. The bearded NRL and blues legend himself. Aaron Woods. Yeah, we love Woodsy, mate. You're packing your bags, mate. Visa approved, ready to rock and roll. Las Vegas, here we come, Woodsy. Oh, not long, be Gussy, boys. <laughs> Thanks for having me on the show. And, uh, yes, Gussy, I hear that you'll be uh, making a little venture <laughs> to come hang out with the Seagulls, mate. Yeah, bloody eyes, mate. Captain's run, apparently, on the uh, the day before oh. and a few other bits and bobs as well. How much are you looking forward to it? Because you, you can't forget that there's two competition points up for grabs here. So no matter how much fun it is and promotion of the game, you, you need to start the season well. Well, definitely, guys. Listen to the sound of your voice. You're quite excited for it as well. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. You, you can tell everyone's up for it. Um, and that's something we spoke about as a group. We get to get there nice and early, Gussie, and you've got to get used to it because it's bright lights, mate. It's something that not, a lot of the boys haven't seen before. Um, and it can if you, you know, you, you can get distracted quite easy. Mm. But um, some of the seeds we really spoke about, in the next week, we've got a bit of like just a little bit of info about, the, about Vegas. We haven't done too much so far. But we're going to do some uh, reading into it uh, just to let them know what the boys are, what's coming at them. Um, there's going to be a lot of distractions off the field. But, mm. you know, the main thing for us is you need to start the season off to get the two points. I just want to know, has, has Anthony Seabold got a minder? That's all I want to know. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I know. But on a serious note. Um, He's the coach. Yeah, right. But I've got to say, um, you know, we look at what's happening with Adam Reynolds and the Broncos and Patrick Carrigan. Do you think uh, just a little fine? Because it happens in a team environment, doesn't it, sometimes? A little bit of a um, bit of argy-bargy. But there was no fist run, nothing illegal. Uh, the boys buying off steam. What's your thoughts on that? Fine and get on with it? Well, firstly, Joe, there was talk we are going to take you over there, but we wouldn't be able to get you back. So, um, <laughs> honestly, mate, Joe, we've been in those situations a lot of the time. Yes. It's, there's nothing that's happened. Like, you know, you hear some boys of wrestling, mate. Every yeah. time I've had a beer nearly with, whether it's football mates, whether it's schoolmates, you muck around. Boys will be boys. The only bad thing about this day and age is there's mobile phones and they can take camera and sure. footage of you. So, you know, it's it's not a good look, but honestly, yeah. fair dinkum, it, it's nothing. It's just a week, just a week off for those players, and maybe a few <laughs> others as well. I think a, the Broncos need to be punished. On a scale of one to ten, it's about a three. <laughs> what was that, Dell? On a scale of one to ten, it's about a three, don't you reckon? Oh, I, honestly, I wouldn't even give it that high, Dell. It, it's nothing. Um, you know, the NRL's been so good this off season, so they're trying to look for something to bring us down, Dell. Yeah. yeah. Woodsy, what about Luke Brooks? I mean, a statement game, even though it's a trial and, and an undermanned South, I mean, just to get on onto the right start the, with the new club. Oh, dude, mate, I'm so happy for him. Um, 
you know, he's copped a little bit of a, uh, you know, quite a fair bit of bashing, whether it's, you know, from the fans or online. Um, it's just a fresh start for him, June. Mm. Um, you know, as soon as he put that jersey on on the weekend, the dressing set, I said, mate, he looked that good. And, and you know, like, he looks happy. He looks refreshed. Um, and it was just so good to see him out there. Like, I haven't played with him for about six years. And just to see what he could do, like, you know, as you said, it was an undermanned staff team. Um, you know, Billy was their reserve grade squad. But yeah. it was just so good to see him out there. Just It looked like he had nothing on his mind, just to worry about playing his own job. And I'm just really excited to see him play with Cherry and Tommy because, mm. you know, they ha- we haven't had so many opportunities to see yet because Cherry sort of got back to preseason late um, with because he had the uh, Australian commitments. Um, and then, you know, he's been with Turbo for quite a fair bit and just defending them at training, so bloody hard, man. So I'm really, really looking forward to seeing him play on the weekend and just seeing a really good focus, Luke Brooks. And you know, just so he knows he's got to only worry about his own job, doesn't have to worry about the whole squad. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's certainly that time of the year we're getting excited. The All-Stars, you know, you've got the Marys versus the All-Stars up in Townsville. You've, you've had played with some good Kiwi players and some good Aussie players. You must be excited about watching this to the boys go around. Oh, I can't wait, Bill. So excited, mate. It's, uh, and it's Basically, this sort of kicks off our season, doesn't it? Um, Lucky enough to commentate it. I'm not sure. Are you doing it on Friday with us as well, Bill? No, mate, I'm on holidays, man. I'm a big dog, brother. <laughs> the big dog doesn't have to come in for the trials. But, mate, honestly, you get to see some, some great players, you know. I remember back in the past, used to love watching Benji Marshall go up against Greg Inglis. Yeah. And now we've got Latrell and Josh Adakar. I've been watching, been following it all throughout the social medias. And I love just watching, like, not just the, you know, the, the huckers, but the, you know, the, the dancers, the Aboriginals come up with. It's so good, the traditional stuff. Uh, and they're just seeing the get around it. And it's so good that they get to, you know, pump up their culture yeah. um, and you know, just express themselves in different ways. So it's a, it's a massive for the NRL and I just can't wait for it. Well, Aaron Woods, the next step, he's going to be in oh, Vegas Woods. again. Yeah. Yeah. He's been the face mate. of the NRL for the, the preseason. <laughs> it's big time for you, mate. Huge. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. I'll bring Gussie back in one piece. Oh, I feel so sorry for Woods Sarah, is my mate. minder. <laughs> time now. For this. And now. You want smart. I'll show you smart. The bit where the rush hour makes you smarter. Uh, That's right. Yes, boys, this is the opportunity for me and all our listeners just to get that little bit smarter. (laughs) Uh, Four topics, four points of view. You'll be smarter in about two and a half minutes' time. Are you ready? I'm ready 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 to be be baffled, mate. Thank you, Dakes. Wearing a tie can reduce blood flow to the brain by 7.5% which can make you feel dizzy, nauseous, and cause headaches. Yep, so I'm, you reckon get rid of it. Get, get rid, rid of, of the tie. tie. I agree. I went to a posh thing last yeah, night. Yeah. No one wore a tie. Yeah. Now, if you, unless you're going to an absolute sort of, uh, I don't know, Black, Australian of the Year yeah, awards yeah. or that sort of stuff, even that. Oh, Oh, I mean, not, that, the year bloke, not the year blokes have been to those, but is that, you know what you, I mean? Did oh, oh, you have to drop oh, that because you were at the Australian oh, Awards? It's saying that you come up in short on Australia. Oh, no, oh, no, that, no, that is no, true. No. That is true. Probably should have worn a tie. Probably should have worn a tie. Probably should have worn a tie. Actually, the bloke who won wore a tie. Yeah. Yeah, but there you go, 7.5%. So you obviously feel a bit freer when you yeah. haven't got the tie. And, and of course, it's not just the tie. It's putting the button up yeah, it's right. as well. Yeah. It just makes everything feel a bit uncomfortable. Thank you, Dakes. You know, there's that thing that they've been wearing in the NFL that actually, yeah, it it's around your neck that basically because it swells your brain a little bit, it means you're less likely to get concussion, they're saying. Really? Well. Yeah. Okay. Saying, I don't know. There was a thing that they were wearing in, the, yeah. in their Super Bowl as well. Oh, they yeah. should have had that when you were playing. Yeah. <laughs> um, number two, football teams wearing red kit play better. The colour of your clothes can change how you feel. Yeah. A review 
of football matches all around the world over the last 55 years showed that teams wearing a red kit consistently played better versus any other colour. Okay. Now, you wore a lot of red. Yeah. You wore a lot of maroon and yeah. you also wore a lot of red and white at the end yeah. of your career. Yep. But I'm not sure. I think Penrith, Penrith, <laughs> I think they're all right, mate. They don't mind the black. <laughs> that is true. They're not changing their colours yeah. anytime But this soon. is not just rugby <laughs> yeah. league. We're no. talking about all football sure, all around the world yeah. over 55 years. Like, well, did you always feel better yeah. in... In predominantly red. red. Yeah, because yeah, you feel good. Red. red seems like you know, a bit of up and go. Bloody yeah. Well, there you go, boys. Nice. Just, it's a perfect example. That's two from two for you. Oh, what about this? Oh, yeah. This is nasty. Ants have social networks like humans do, but instead of exchanging information through words, they vomit into each other's mouths. Oh, yeah, that's okay. So they're always nibbling, they're always trying to, because they're only yeah. little, right? They're always trying to get energy. And if I'm trying to communicate with you, I just do a... Up just and under oh, into yeah. your, just, a, just an upper under into your mouth to communicate, then you'll upper under back. But that's, that's what, what the ants do. That's what birds do too, like to feed their young and all that. Yeah, yeah. that's not so much vomiting, oh, no, but, but yeah, you know, yeah, they regurgitate. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, but the ants okay. vomit. There that's you right. go. I'll give you that one. That's three from three. You're on. Okay, let's see if I can get four from Come four. On. A chicken, a chicken. Oh, this I, could actually be not your chickens. If anyone knows chickens, I know well, chickens. especially this because a chicken once lived for eighteen months without its head. Oh, Just nah. like your chickens were mauled oh. in Lane Cove. By Foxy. Mike the Chicken's incredible feat was recorded back in the 1940s in the US of A. He surveyed, sorry, he survived as his, he jug, survived. As his jugular vein and most of his brain stem were left mostly intact, ensuring just enough brain function remaining for survival. Usually a headless chicken dies in a matter of minutes. This fella, which they nicknamed Mike, 18 months he lived for. Oh, 18 months. Yeah. How'd he eat? Oh, yeah. he's got no head. Yeah. Come on, mate. mate I that's, reckon that's that. a fair point. <laughs> yeah. I haven't thought that through. <laughs> yeah. No, you haven't. No. And it was in the 1940s in the US I of A. Yeah, I reckon they're all in the, um, the mushies and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, they're probably on a little bit of moonshine yeah, out, yeah, out there, yeah. the trailer trash. Yeah. Three from four? Yeah, three from four. Three from four. There you that. go, boys. Nicely done. <laughs> that, Thank that's, you. That's a better strike rate than I thought you'd have. But anyway. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit of rugby league and one of the great clubs that uh, even if you didn't support them, you want them back in the uh, in the competition, the Bears. The chairman of the North Sydney Bears, Daniel Dixon's on the line. G'day, Daniel. How are you, mate? Afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Very mate, welcome. we're very well. We keep seeing the last couple of days more positive stuff about the Bears and stuff. Can you give all our listeners a bit of an update of where you're sitting at the moment? Yeah, look, I mean, I think we're all, uh, we're all pleasantly surprised that the, uh, the NRL has uh, made these calls and there's been a lot of activity that's been outside of the Bears. So I think the good thing is for us, we're still singing from the same hymn sheet. Um, you know, the last sort of 12 to 18 months has been a lot of focus on P&G. And um, like I said, we've just been sitting tight, hoping there was going to be a 19 and 20. But we, there is a genuine feeling now that, you know, we could be a consideration for that 18 still. Mate, how will you keep the diehard Bears supporters in Sydney satisfied, mate? Well, did you say, how do we get them satisfied? Yeah, like, yeah, how do you, what's enough games for them whether you have to play something in and away? Fantastic. Yeah, look, I think I was uh, given a little bit of grief on the week saying, you know, not negotiables are too hard. At the end of the day, every Bears fan would be happy with one game at North Sydney yeah. But I think for the longevity of the history and tying back to our, you know, great days at Bear Park, anything from two to four is ideal. Naturally, you'd want to take the game where it's going to do the best for the game. And so we think really two to four games at North Sydney is great. The red and black colours, mate, they'll travel. You, you go oh, everywhere. Yeah. Mm. You know, yeah, I don't know that's the issue. Daniel, what's the realistic time frame for you to uh, maybe look, you know, re-enter into the NRL? 
Well, I think we're in a great position because we've got the structure of a current rugby league club in a tier two. And, mm. you know, we've been on this journey for a while. So I think two years is a minimum. Uh, the Dolphins had a bit short of that. And I know, you know, that put a fair bit of pressure on them. Yeah. Uh, they've done an amazing job, by the way. But I think two years is a nice lead in. So if they announce it this year, we'd love to think that, you know, 27, we're good to go. Soon as we heard that it might be coming back, North Sydney Oval, mm. great memories for me living on the North Shore, coming down, you know, racing for that corner post with five minutes to go, the, the clock would stop on the scoreboard. And I wasn't even a Bears supporter. It, it just yeah. it just made you feel, and Newtown fans are probably getting a little bit nostalgic mm. as well. It, we need this type of real infectious emotion around the game because it, it does, it can be seen as a bit too big time. We still got to remember yeah. where the roots of the games are. Well, I think the suburban grounds is one thing we need to hold on to. And I think North Sydney Abel is still one of those games you can go there and you jump the field at the end of the game. And, you know, there's there's hundreds of kids that go and play there at yeah. half-time and full-time. Oh, that's awesome. I think that's uh, – if we can keep connected to that, it's great. I understand there's security and all sorts of things we've got to worry about. Still at North Sydney Abel, it's one of the highlights. This year we had to have one game that they couldn't do it and the fans were up in arms about <laughs> not being able to go on the field. <laughs> yeah. Mate, Daniel, it's, it's funny. Uh, you know, I talk, talk about uh, playing against the Bears back in the day and I was so excited to play at North Sydney Abel, even though there was a cricket pitch in the middle. You know, <laughs> yeah. you, you couldn't really avoid it. But some of the great <laughs> yeah. Bears, Greg Florin, mate, Dave Fairley, you know, these guys, yeah. Gary Larson, they're guys that I looked up to and it was awesome yeah. to play that North Sydney Oval. Well, mate, they're still connected with the club. We were in a great chat with the Bears in the 90s and, you know, still really engaged. All those players you mentioned, Flo's obviously still in the club. JT was coaching to here last year and, you know, we're very, very lucky. Our history runs deep. Over a 1,000 legends play for the club um, and, and I think they're, they're part of the biggest fans that are leading this chase to make sure we are represented back in the game. And, you know, the, for us, which is nice, we have, we're a start-up, sorry, a walk-up start to having legends come to the game from day one. We're not building a club, we've got a club, and we just bring the people out of the woodwork back to the NRL. They've never left the Bears. We wish you all the best in the journey, Daniel Dixon, chairman of the North yeah. Sydney Bears. Good on you, mate. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Thanks for it. joining the rush Up out. the Bears. Wouldn't it be great to have them back? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Time for this. Yeah, dealing with all the big issues. Um, Polly Waffle is back, baby. Ten years has been off our shelves, wow. and Dell and I, we oh, are yeah. happy. We are very we happy. We are very it's happy. There's a reason it got taken off, though, surely. Oh, excuse me, mate. Mate, I know Del it's one I... of your favourite chocolates. Excuse so me, mate. Dell and I are talking. Yeah. You'll have your chance in a moment mm. to talk about whatever crap confection you'd like, but <laughs> yeah. the Polly Waffle, as far as we're concerned, yep. is back, baby. Is however, pink. yes. However, what? It's not come back in its original form. Oh, what? It's not coming back as a bar. They had to change it. It's coming back as balls. It. What? What? Bites. Why? Little ball bites. Oh, Bally bite things. I love bully bites. I love bites. I know yeah. you do. Yeah. But I feel short, a short change with those things when they bring it. Well, that's the question we're throwing yeah. out there, answering all the big important questions with the first world problem. Give us a call, one triple three five three. Do you want your confectionery to be a bar? Yeah. Or a log? Yeah. <laughs> Right, yeah. or a lock, like yeah. a honey log. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like a honey log, log, yeah. Or balls or bites. Mm. That's the question we're going to answer today. You want, so you a want bar your... or bite? Yeah. Or log yep. or ball? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Correct. What's the actual question? That's the actual question. Do you want just basically bites and balls so you can just pop them in your mouth and go with it? Or yeah. do you want it in a bar mm. or slash well, log? Well, where do you sit? Because I, 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 I sit with prefer... balls. I sit with balls and bites. I prefer I love the bar. Them. You know why? Because everything from a, everything from like an M M&M and M to a Smarty to to a Malteser is just literally grab 
as many balls as you can mm. in your hand and pop them in there. You get them in your mouth. That's yeah. the go. Del, where are you? I'm easy, mate. You know, I'm bipolar. <laughs> so this depends what Del wants. You'll buy everything. Yeah. Easily. Oh, I don't think so, mate. But yeah. <laughs> on the bar, on the bar, I feel shortchanged with those little bites. Twirl what of, do you mean? Twirl have done it. They do the twirl yeah, dairy yeah, milk yeah, bites. There's a reason. You know, you said earlier, there's a reason why the polygolfer went. There's a reason why everything now yeah. can come in a bite-sized ball slash Thing oh, it ends up being too Moorish and you end up eating oh, too much yes. of it. And that's why oh, they like it. Yeah, okay, okay. See where we're going here? Okay, okay. Gee, now, you now more. But that's why. Yep. That that's is exactly why. So, give it, so let's try to work this out and we'll take calls on air yes. and off air as well. We need to come to a conclusion. Do you want your log in your bar or do you want your bite or your ball? Yeah. One triple three five three. Give us a call now. Let's solve this first world problem. Log or a ball or bar and a bite. Which <laughs> tell us for us. One triple three five three. Solve it for us now. <laughs> Let's start the ball rolling with Lee. G'day, Lee. Do you like a bite or do you want a bar? Nah, I like the bite because yep. um, yeah, you get way more chocolate because mm-hmm. you've got six sides of chocolate, not four. Mm, He's thinking about all the okay. stuff. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Lee's just gone. The, yeah, nicely thought, yeah, Lee. So, so there's one there yeah. for the bites. Okay. Let's go to Ben in Belrose. Ben. Solve it for G'day. us, bar or a bite? Guys, do you remember the old whiz fizz powder? Oh, of course. Imagine, but, imagine yeah. a ball of that. Any stock break having a long lunch. Oh, Pop one of those oh, and that would keep me going all afternoon. Okay. <laughs> Magic <laughs> stuff. Ben, and Benny. it's legal. Benny, come on, mate. Uh, okay. On. Okay. Thank you, mate. Thank you, Ben. Let's get a call from Penrith, mate. <laughs> a, bite, a bite or a bar? <laughs> Hello, Cole. Hey, Cole. Hey, Cole. Yeah, mate, how you going? Good, mate. What do you want? A bite or, or a bar? <laughs> Definitely a bar, 100%. Why is what? that, Cole? Oh, mate, if I have a bite, I've got to eat the whole packet, and then that's it. That's to get the same same effect. Yeah, there you go. Well, that, and that's, that's why they do it, right. of course, because yeah. they want you to go yeah, through the whole pack. Man, he's, so man. he's a smart man. Let's yeah. finish it off for us, Rach. G'day, Rach. Do you want a bar or a ball? I'm gonna go a ball or a bite. Okay, oh, one, what is that? one packet means one chocolate, right? Oh yeah. See, that's the other way to look at it. <laughs> oh, Nicely just done. Us, yeah. I understand now, that, now, Rachel. Jude, we've taken a lot of calls off air as well. Mm. What was the What was the poll? Okay, the poll. Hit is it with me. Eighty-three percent said balls all the way. <laughs> well, so get the balls in your mouth. Balls and all, not your bar. Okay. All right. Well done, Sydney. Appreciate it. It's the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell, and I tell you what, we've got a very special guest in the building. We certainly do, and he's a man that I've known for a long time. His name is Dan Goldberg. Uh, he actually was the executive producer on my Marathon Man show, which was nearly coming up 10 years ago, Dan. Ouch. Um, that Yeah, where have those years gone? But <laughs> this story that you've, that you've been telling on SBS, you can catch it on SBS and SBS On Demand, Hitler's Jewish Soldier, Very important topic. Tell us all about it. Yeah, it's an important topic, but it's a crazy story that came across my desk. I see actually 10 years ago, around the time that we were working together, uh, I was working as a journalist and there were allegations that it was a hoax. I'm Jewish, so uh, hoax and the Holocaust is sensitive territory for obvious reasons. Um, So I dug into it and I put the allegations to him, uh, and he defended them trenchantly. This is a man in Melbourne who survived the war, and he said he watched his family be massacred in 1941, was a young boy, escaped to the woods in the frozen northern European country of Belarus, uh, was then Belarusia, and eventually he was captured by a soldier of a battalion who 
was going to kill him because that's what happened back then. And uh, he had the chutzpah to say, you know what, uh, before you kill me, I'm kind of hungry. Can you give me a piece of bread? True story, according to him. And he said, uh, he must have looked at him and he did have blonde hair and blue eyes. He said, you know what, I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to take you, you're going to come with us and we're going to make you our mascot. And what that meant was they gave him this tiny pint-sized uniform, a little gun, and he joined the battalion. And he spent a couple of years with the battalion. Crazy. And survived. Unbelievable. So what was the process then to, you know, through the war and throughout after there? Yeah, so he kind of was the... I guess you'd call it not the clown, but the entertainment. You know, he witnessed so many. Oh God, yeah, 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 yeah. But they brought him as the mascot to sort of keep their morale kind of going. So he'd chop wood, he'd polish shoes, but yeah, he would witness atrocities. Um, And the most important thing was he was told never to reveal that he was a Jew. So they gave him a fake name. They gave him a Latvian name. And they gave him a false birthday. So he was living a double life and he had to erase his Jewishness. And he did. And he survived. And then he came with the Latvian family to Melbourne in 1949 and hid his secret for 50 years. He was dying of cancer or he thought he was dying of cancer. So he said, all right, I better tell my family who I really am because his family thought he was a Latvian Christian. So he told his family, actually, guys, I'm not Latvian Christian. I'm actually a Jew. And I was a mascot in the Nazi army. How's that conversation happened? Yeah, over must have brought so yeah. much up over yeah, the, yeah, oh, yeah. the emotion heavy, with heavy. that. And his children, one of his sons was uh, actually an academic at Oxford University at the time, and he quite rationally, understandably, just went uh, into the rabbit hole, did a ton of research, wrote a book about it, uh, took his dad back to Belarus, found what he thought was his long-lost family. He found a half-brother alive. Uh, The ABC did a documentary 20 years ago. Um, They followed him back to Europe and actually filmed this uh, family reunion. And in the documentary you'll see on SBS, that's not the end of the story. That is just the beginning of the end because this is a guy who made himself forget his name as a young boy. And then how many names do you have, Gussie? One. Yeah, I've got yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, you've got a nickname, but yeah. you got, yeah. Wendell, you got, you got a name. I've got numerous personalities, so don't ask me, mate. <laughs> Just a name. No, yeah, yeah, but we've yeah. all got a nickname, yeah, but no, you, no, no, you were yeah. born with a name. Yeah. So there is no birth certificate for this guy. And so he forgot his name. The Latvians gave him a fake name. He came to Australia. The immigration mob were like, blah, 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 we don't understand your name. We're going to call you Alex Curzum. Mm. That's his second name. Then he finds his long-lost family in Belarus, except is it his long-lost family? Oh. That may be his third name. And then you'll see throughout the course of the documentary, there's a guy with multiple identities until there is a revelation at the end with a blistering sting in the tail. So hang around. Hitler's Jewish soldier. Pick up the first episode on SBS On Demand and the four-part collection continues weekly on Thursday nights. Dan, it's a pleasure having you in, mate. You're a good guy and thank you for sharing such a story. It's such an emotional journey. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Thanks, Dan, mate. Good show, boys, if we say so ourselves. Fantastic. See you tomorrow. Mick Malloy on the show tomorrow, so have a crack at it. Get home safe. This storm apparently is going around Sydney, so make sure you get home safe. See you later. Amen. The Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Weekdays from 4 on Triple M.